So San Diego-based chip supplier Qualcomm is launching a $100 million investment fund uh, intended to support companies building out the metaverse using augmented reality or virtual reality. Um, so Qualcomm will provide the funding to businesses and developers in the form of equity investments and grants. Uh, the company will begin accepting applications for the fund in June, which bears the name of its Snapdragon product brand. Um, and Qualcomm CFO stated the primary purpose is to create this ecosystem around their existing technology portfolio. Um, and this type of venture is not uncommon for Qualcomm. Uh, they've used their, val their balance sheet for venture investments for more than two decades and currently have about $2 billion of assets under management in their venture portfolio currently. Um, I saw this in the article, which I thought was very interesting. It was that total U.S. venture capital deals involving corporate investors in 2021, which was a record year for fundraising, um, according to financial provider Pitch Deck. So as you can see, some companies are definitely utilizing these venture funds um, to either you know, make extra revenue on the side or to potentially build a pipeline for pop possible acquisitions uh, in the future. So they're, they're kind of using these funds um, for more than just investing in other companies, but also to potentially find new avenues to kind of expand their current portfolio. Um, after reading it, how did you feel about this uh, new fund and, and where it's going? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And this is something, it's a trend I've noticed over the past several years, or maybe before crypto, I didn't really know how to identify this trend. But this is something that certainly in like biotech has been happening since forever. I mean, they they invest in the, the next potential blockbuster drug years before it's ever doing anything effic efficaciously. And mm -hmm. they get their their exposure to the next big thing with a, a small venture arm. So for Qualcomm, $100 million is not breaking the bank. And what I really think is dope is they're able to use kind of a first principles approach. What I mean by that is as a chip supplier, they could potentially partner up with a platform who could design around Qualcomm's architecture. So not only that, but it, can, it goes both ways. Qualcomm could potentially discover a really cool project and then design its chips in a way to meet the needs of, of some new use case that it hadn't thought of. So I really right. love this. I think it's really, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun if, if you're going to be a corporate finance guy. This is the arm that I think it would be the most fun in where you'd, you'd be doing biz dev slash venture capital analysis like i think it would just be a ton of fun and yeah so they talked about i mean this is the new metaverse fund so this yep. is all about metaverse opportunity and there's this other article that we were circulating around like instagram is launching nfts there's going to be this huge rush and so you're gonna need really tremendous infrastructure at the chip level to handle all this crazy computational requirements. So I think it's yep. just really smart on Qualcomm's part. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, with, with Instagram um, in the metaverse, so Instagram is owned by Meta, formerly Facebook. And actually Qualcomm already provides chips for um, Meta's Oculus virtual reality set. So Qualcomm is already kind of working with these companies to provide these chips. So this would, in my eyes, just be another avenue to expand you know, the number of people that they're providing chips for, or like you were saying, 
the different ways or, or the different applications of their chips that they might not even be aware of yet. Um, they recently partnered with Microsoft to create chips for augmented reality as well. Um, and I read in the article that they're generating about 17% of their $10.7 billion of revenue from selling chips related to the metaverse. Um, so that's about $1.8 billion a year from selling chips. So they're already wow. kind of have their foot in the door in this industry, but definitely trying to expand. I know a lot of prominent companies have been have been doing the same. Um, Disney is one that's been trying to expand into the metaverse. Um, and, and tons of firms have been filing trademarks uh, related to either, you know, virtual spaces or trying to get trademarks to NFTs. So you're seeing these major companies start to actually really try to get exposure to the overall, you know, Web3 um, kind of the Web3 ecosystem. And they're really doing it through the metaverse. That's where they see their, I guess, where they see the money going. And so an increasing number of startups have gotten funding to build out virtual worlds, um, such as like Space Runner was one I recently saw. Uh, they raised $10 million to create a fashion and other wearables uh, digital asset type platform. And, and these are becoming more popular as the metaverse becomes a more popular concept just because there's a way yeah. to basically create your own world, which requires buying, you know, avatar, clothes, all these different ways that companies see dollar signs. But what I thought was interesting about the Space Runners um, group is that it is is a company focusing on creating NFTs and digital wearables, and it raised $10 million from a round led by Pantera Capital and Polychain Capital, which is interesting because your article actually focuses on a former Polychain Capital uh, partner. So I'll use that as a good transition into what we want to talk about next. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful segue. And, and one comment to to add before I get into that is the savviness. I mean, just to, just to observe real quick, the savviness, I think of companies like Qualcomm and the other huge companies who, who do the strategy of corporate VC. I mean, if you're making over a billion dollars on this product line and you're just taking a hundred million out of that to do this, this kind of exploration it's it's really just I think a savvy strategy, and that's how you stay lean because these companies become bureaucratic, unable to compete, and so I really love the strategy. Anyway, yeah, interesting point, but yeah, very good point. Yeah, thanks. So Polychain, um, there's this DAO, this this former Polychain partner is launching a 125 million dollar crypto fund that will eventually transition to a DAO structure. What that means is they're going to begin with a very centralized management system, traditional VC system, where it's all very orchestrated and um, a patient way of structuring deals and setting things up. And then over the course of three years, they expect to deploy 40 million annually, at which point he believes they will return all of the LP capital to investors and convert the fund to a DAO. So a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Org, it's essentially an online community that uses smart contracts to organize and incentivize participation, control the money with smart wallets, multi-signature wallets, etc. And so what I really was eye-opening, there was a quote in this link, and he says... 
that uh, he comments on essentially the chaos of a Discord channel or Telegram channel. And if you have a <laughs> hundred people trying to make management decisions in one of these channels, it's just really difficult to do. So it makes sense. Yeah, you would you would really take the most chaotic part of startup development and formation, isolate it away from the chaos of these discord channels and telegram channels. You don't marry the two, you know, you, you let them, you let the chaos exist in this, the, the hectic activity of startup land in general. And then once you deploy the fund, you know, you, you pivot, there's still that chaotic. It's like, it's like a baseline level of chaos that stays consistent throughout the whole thing. Otherwise it'd be too much. I, I really do appreciate the way he framed it. What do you think? Yeah. And I think we both can agree as people who are in the, the web three and crypto space, trying to get in <clears throat> on these deals um, throughout the space that these discords and other, our other chats can become completely overwhelming. It is just, you're getting hit from every direction and it's just too much to even handle. So I can completely uh, sympathize with that. Um, another thing I really liked about this was they're getting an advisory board and it looks like they, they made sure to go out and get people that they genuinely thought could provide quality insight to the fund. So I saw that they were, they went out and had <clears throat> the founder of the avalanche po protocol, um, Amin Sir. And then they also had Doquan, the founder of the Luna po protocol on the advisory board. And then Ben Fish, who, who was a professor of computer science at Yale. And then Ivan Soto Wright, who's the founder of MoonPay. So th those are all people in the industry who have experience, have kind of gone through this building up a protocol. Um, they've gone through the ups and downs of it. And those are the people who really are going to have the experience you need to start a new chain or start a new um, project. So I, I think that's, in my eyes, one of the best things they could have done is, is go out and get people who've done it before and, and have really good experience in that space. Totally. And I mean, just the, if you look at the portfolio of Polychain, they're prolific in the space. They, they were in the Coinbase round in 2018. They were in Terra's $32 million seed round in 2018 as well. So they were heavy investors during the bear market of the 2018 to call it 2020. Um, and so, I mean, they were investors in Agoric, Ava Labs, which is Avalanche, Axelar, which is doing bridges, uh, Polkadot, Compound, Saddle Finance, who forked the Curve Protocol, and uh, Kinesis Labs, who we talked to recently, is building on that, and Somalia as well. So, I mean, these guys, they, they are really picking winners, and that's just scratching the surface, uh, what I just listed off there. So I would, as a founder, love to have these guys as investors, if you're building a protocol, oh, yeah. I don't think you get a better list than this. No. And, so. and, and Polychain, I know, has always had some, some like you mentioned, some weight and significance in the space. Uh, definitely a name when you see tagged on to a new project, you kind of perk up a little bit and give it a little more intention than I typically would. Yeah. And then one, one last comment for me is this <clears throat> structure. Once they return the capital to investors, the initial capital, it's going to be a fully founder funded operated DAO from what I can understand. So that's really cool, I think, as well, because then you have all of the founders of these companies 
that they've invested in at the table. So you have like the network effects of a, of a group like Y Combinator, the network effects of a group like DeFi Alliance, the network effects of a group like Andreessen Horowitz. When you join these elite groups, you open up this whole network of people that you can lean on for questions. Like I've heard that Andreessen Horowitz, there's like a Slack channel for founders. So if you get funded by them, you, you get like a, a, a private chat room with all the hundreds of people, but these are all like the founders of all the other companies that A16Z is founded. So like that alone makes you want to be a part of this elite group. You know, they have that kind of access yeah. value prop invaluable, and so, invaluable information in, in those chat rooms. I'm sure. No doubt. Like you can just imagine everybody, the FOMO and the hype around that would, everybody would want to get in that. So I, um, I think this is a really cool structure. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Cool. Well, I think we're about at time. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening in live. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And we will be back tomorrow for more Daybreak Crypto.